Hi, and welcome to episode 214 of No Crying in Baseball, the You Say Tofurky episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth for Thanksgiving week. How are you, Potty Mouth? I will be saying Tofurky a lot this week because yeah. that's that's our jam as the vegetarian Potty Mouth family. We do Tofurky. Yeah, the, the, the Patty family will not be doing that, <laughs> but that's okay. It takes all kinds, and as you know, we are all kinds. Yep. Yep. So there's, there's some more festivities. We want to say a big congratulations to the Washington Spirit women's team, woohoo, who won it all. What did they win? Who are they? They, they are soccer. There Sorry about that. Uh-huh. Women's soccer, football in the rest of the world, women's soccer team have won the championship. So they're getting some marginal sports coverage, and, uh, <laughs> and it's better than no sports coverage. But our, our friend Ollie, who we're going to be sending the sports page to, um, noted that the posted is improving, but has room to grow, shall we say. Indeed. I have some shitty news, too, though. I'm really sorry to say this. this and this feels like a really bad trend to um, be mourning some, a lost listener. And, uh, and I just want to say that heart attacks suck and lost two important people, one in uh, my life directly and the other one in my you know, sports connections world, to heart attacks this week. And one was our friend Joel, who I talked about on the show ooh, probably about a year ago when he gave me a baseball that had been signed to him by Ted Williams. And so when Joel gave it to me, it was a very meaningful, like it it was really amazing. And it was definitely done in that I want you to have this now. So I'm going to cry. I want you to have this now so that I can see your enjoyment, really, you know, like better to give it to you while I'm still alive. Oh, my God. I feel very grateful to Joel for having given me the the baseball. He definitely sort of heard another side of me when he started um, listening to the show a little bit, but uh, gone way too soon, and I will treasure the baseball. So thanks for that. Another sad loss, much younger, 45 years old, Julio Lugo died of a heart, apparently of a heart attack uh, this past week. And I have fond memories of him from the 2007 uh, Red Sox championship. He was a fabulous, one of the short-lived terms on the Red Sox of a fabulous shortstop that got away a little bit too soon. He was on a total of seven teams, and he raked in the postseason in 2007. He was batting 385 in that World Series. Damn. So. Lots of fun memories there, and the uh, the salutes from Red Sox Nation uh, online have been lovely, have really been lovely. So I'm going to just raise the glass. Cheers and condolences to the families, yeah. to life's well-lived. On today's show, is award season over yet? Because we're not very good at it. We've got the 40-man roster. What the heck does that mean? The Mets get a new general manager, but they lose an ace. The police blotter features Yasiel Puig and the entire Cleveland Guardians team. We've got the girls' breakthrough series. We've got minor league housing, finally. Hooray! We've got a ton in international baseball. We've got the labor update and a little bit of COVID to tell you about. All right, so those awards, I'm going to be really fast because last week I basically went through the whole rundown of, of how we sucked at our predict- predictions. and You're proven to be true. I, I <laughs> you definitely. spoke the truth. Our, our last glimmer of hope was with the, um, with the MVP, which you had picked Juan Soto and I had picked Fernando Tatis Jr., and neither one of them got it. But they came two and three. That's, that's pretty good for us. It is. It, it, and actually, for both of us to be in the top three is pretty nice. Kind of stunning. Yeah. We uh, in the beginning we probably should have picked Otani and that one was no surprise to anybody unanimous 
uh, he won unanimously. It also, like the heart of online is pretty much unanimous about him. There's some people who are a little bitter about Vladdy because he did have an amazing year. But he doesn't pitch. Like, I think it just comes down to that, you know? No, nobody. I, the best batter on the planet could not beat Otani for that vote this year. Just, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, the National League one, though, that put our two guys in number two and three was a little bit more uh, cantankerous there. Like, just a little bit more controversial. Because Bryce Harper, you know, people love him or not so much. And around these parts, anyway, I think we get a little bit of a jaded view. There's a little bit of bitterness there, especially those of us who went to the uh, dedication of the little ballpark in Tacoma, D.C. that is named after him and still still is. But the one person, or one of the people anyway, who was, was very polite about it and respectful and actually really flattering was Juan Soto, who had a nice like post of them hugging on Instagram and like saluted his old teammate. So yeah. credit to Juan. Yep. He was a little bit of a, a mentor for Juan when Juan first started right. because Juan came into the Nationals as such a young guy and that's what Harper had done. Yeah. So I think um, I think there was a little bit of a handoff from like the guy is, you know, Harper is the guy, and now one is the guy on, on the Nationals. So, yeah. Yep. And maybe he, he still is young. He has many more opportunities to, to get that award, I would say. The the one award that's that, that one-time shot, though, is the Rookie of the Year, and I'm still feeling very bitter, mostly for your prediction of Ryan Mountcastle. I feel like he, I mean, just to not even be in the top yep. three at the end kind of sucks, especially because the guy who beat him for the American League is Randy Arosarena who at one point was so close to being a boyfriend. He just had to, like, not do anything really stupid. And then he did something really stupid, which was trying to kidnap his child from his the, the mother. So that kind of, you know, puts him off, and it and kind of makes me bummed that he gets this award. And then the other guy, Jonathan India, has some... Big Trumpy posts, and it's just—I mean—he's got the Qhar. He's, he's got, got the such flow. great hair. He's got such great hair, and he's got a really good bat. But then he's got like shit for brains. Right, right. So I think that's like a poar, right? Political opinion above replacement, very low. Very super low. Very low. Yeah. And again, those are the kinds of things that are important to us here at No Crying in Baseball. When you choose your boyfriends, you know, th- things like sexual assault are absolute across the board. Can't be a boyfriend. Right. But you know, politics are your own thing. We have very strong opinions. We're going to use those when we pick our boyfriends you do your thing right hey so you've been probably hearing a lot about the 40-man roster this week because the deadline just happened where teams had to name their 40-man roster at least as far as protecting guys from something called the rule five draft you're going to hear more about that in the next two weeks so very briefly i'm going to tell you what that is now when it comes up in two weeks i'll give you a few more details um but when that happens which will be december 8th the Rule 5 draft means that clubs that don't have a full 40-man roster in place and finalized are allowed to draft from other clubs, and they draft the guys that aren't protected, the guys who are not on those clubs' 40-man rosters. And it's kind of like the boyfriend rules, um, how we tell you about our boyfriends. The the team with the with the lowest was lowest in the standings gets to go first. Okay, that's and, fair. Yeah, but they don't necessarily do the other boyfriend rules. Like, you know, they got to be good guys. And I wish they would. That'd be all right. But, you know, they're pretty young, most of these guys, so we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have been burned by this before. We pick these yes. young guys, and then later we find out things. Anyway, so when clubs draft, they don't have, no one has to draft. But if they choose to draft one of these guys who's not protected by being on a 40-man roster, the club that gets him pays $100,000 to the team to get that player. But that player must be added immediately to that team's active 
active roster, the 26-man roster, right away. That's the rule. You can't just like you can't just load up on these guys and keep them in reserve. Okay. They have to be on the active roster. There's a lot more rules. We'll talk about those later. But let me give you an example of kind of a high-profile move that happened because of this Rule 5 draft coming up and teams trying to make room on their 40-man roster for either acquiring new guys or moving guys up that they want to protect. Yeah. My Yankees boyfriend, Clint Frazier, got DFA'd this year. Um, you know, again, picked at the wrong time. I really like this guy in a lot of ways. He had been through a lot of injuries, including head injuries. Mm-hmm. He's had concussions in the past. He's run into walls. And when he went out midseason this year, the team said he had vertigo because he had dizziness and vision problems. So there's definitely some neuro things going on. Um, Clint Frazier himself um, tweeted out, I'd love to have the opportunity to talk about this situation publicly and probably plan to do so soon. My issues have been very personal to me and something I've wanted to handle privately, but there's been a lot of inaccurate things reported about my injury that I'll clear up. Interesting. Has not cleared it up yet, so I don't know if there's some diagnosis that's forthcoming or or what's happening. It could, it's a little bit scary. I don't know if he's waiting to say more until he says what happens with him because here's what happens when you get DFA'd. You can be picked up when you're designated for assignment, DFA, designated for assignment. You can be picked up on waivers by other teams. If you clear waivers, if other teams pick you up, then you get outrighted to the minor league. So the Yankees could say, okay, you are now assigned to mm-hmm. our minor league system. And if the player doesn't want to do that, they can choose to become a free agent and just take their chances on the open market. Okay. So that none of that's been decided yet, except for that Clint Frazier has been designated for assignment. So you'll see that's been happening a lot. So there'll be other names that you recognize this happened to in the past couple days. Yeah, and, and the Yankees are big on this right now because they had a little bit of a disappointment this season, to say the least. You know, everybody thought that they were going to be taking the AL East, and they did not, and then they got wiped out in the wild card. They also got rid of Rugned Odor, and, and I thought he was a fine a fine match with the Yankees. He's right. the guy that, that sucker punched Jose Bautista way back when. And Tyler Wade, though, who is also like Clint Frazier, you know, somebody who they had gotten thinking that this is going to be like a future of the Yankees. Yeah. And the thing about Clint Frazier really bums me out, too, the, with the concussion situation, yeah. because it's just so scary. It's so scary. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about it a lot with football. Yeah. And we talk about it less with with Major League Baseball, any baseball really, but I mean they've they've improved the head protection. You know we've got those like the the chin flaps that are there now. Like when you're in the you know wearing your batting helmet is a thing. They have a different protocol that you do now if you know you you get hit in the head and there might be some concussion situation. So they're acting on it, but it's still a pretty huge problem. Yeah, and he ran into a wall. He ran into I a mean, wall that's, hard. Yeah. That's- how can you avoid that? Right, I mean, and, and you're not wearing your batting helmet right. when that happens. Absolutely, absolutely. The other um, DFA that I just want to mention quickly now, because I will get back to him when I go international, is Williams Estudio, who is oh, your former Twins guy. And it just says sad, the Tortuga. Yeah, and boy, did I love watching him pitch. <laughs> that super slow pitch that nobody could hit. It was like watching a cartoon yeah. where, like, you know, where, the, where like, the bugs bunny in the batter box like swings like seven times the same pitch because it still hasn't gotten there yet. Maybe yeah. somebody will pick him up. Maybe. Maybe. I hope so. Hey, so um, the the Mets finally picked up a general manager. <laughs> so, like, for, like, six weeks, they've been trying to hire somebody, and they have had people turn them down for the interview process more <laughs> than bad. they've had people say, yes, please, I would like to interview with you. So it's kind of been a running joke. I mean, late, late night TV is making jokes about, <laughs> oh, yeah, now let the Mets know that I'm, you know, pulling my name from consideration for it. Cause, wow. Yeah. They were interviewing bad. a guy that used to work for the Nationals and left baseball, like, four years ago. 
and they were interviewing him. So I don't know how Billy Epler feels about... I mean, he took the job. He signed a four-year contract with the Mets, but it's pretty public that he clearly was not a first choice here. So Billy Epler, if you don't remember, he was the Angels GM from 2015 to 2020. Um, They lost their losing seasons all five of those years. Mm. But he also signed Otani. And okay. he signed Rendon. He had a couple of like nice big picture things that happened, but the team just kept on losing. Um, the uh, <laughs> the Mets said one of the reasons they had problems get- attracting people was oh it's all the pressures of New York. People don't want to come to New York. And Billy Epler's had some experience in New York. That's why he was okay with them. Like really, you think that's it? <laughs> you think <laughs> that's- you think coming to the Big Apple is like turning people off? Not so much that you have a toxic culture. Right. For instance, a thing that the Mets and Billy Epler have in common is um, they both hired Mickey Calloway. Oh, that's so. There's not your fun fact, right? A good one. The Mets are on their like fifth head of baseball operations in 13 months. You know, there have been DWIs. There have been you know lost two to you know various you know inappropriate behavior of various levels. It's yeah, it's been a lot. Um, the, for about Billy Epler, um, Sandy Alderson says the vetting process was broader, deeper than any vetting process we have ever undergone. <laughs> well, maybe they're learning that they need to start vetting a little bit better after those aforementioned incidents. So one of Epler's first jobs is going to be to um, help hire a manager because Luis Rojas, who was the manager this past year, went to the Yankees as their third base coach. So he, you know, I don't know if he was like up for manager there. I mean, he was he he was pulled in at the last minute when um, Beltran was was right. yanked um, last season, and um, so he kind of like stepped up at the last minute. So he wasn't like, oh, let's do a big nationwide search for a manager, but um, yeah. So Rojas to the Yankees. I wonder if Beltran could come back because Alex everybody Cora else came back. Did. Right, everybody, everybody else, else has did. come back. He's the only one who, from that from the whole Astros fiasco, the one who's just still jobless. So maybe he could. Maybe, maybe they could, could bring him back in. Yeah, I haven't seen the name yet. But again, I didn't see Billy Epler for six weeks right. <laughs> when the Mets are interviewing. So in a reverse move, going from the Mets to the Angels, we have Noah Syndergaard. Thor goes to the West Coast on a one-year, $21 million contract. He says that uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are two big reasons is they've got big bats but they need pitching he said i can help with that so um yeah so it's just one season and we'll see how it goes yeah. well though oh tony's the pitching too so he's got he's got both ends of it he's got both ends of it i hear he gets awards for that stuff that, yeah yeah so that sounds so, like i don't know maybe something will happen with the angels maybe so like how long do you think until there's a new mets um situation and like a new thing that the mets a new scandal a new scandal oh we should take bets on that right how many days until the next mets scandal they have have one of those signs on the wall like how many days since the last industrial accident (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, definitely sure i don't know let's give it let's give it two months i'm gonna give it two months months just because we're in the off season so it's gonna take a little bit it might be a little bit longer Oh, speaking of scandals, Woo. I'm going to kick off our police blotter segment with one of our favorite uh, vandals. What? what uh Vandals? Not vandals. Villains? Like with the the villains. Yeah. I was gonna. I, there's another word in in my brain that's just not coming out. Like somebody who. Can I pour you some more beer? Will that rules. help you? That might be a good okay. thing. We're having a brunch beer. That by the way, folks. We're, we're, we're recording going, a little earlier than usual. Yeah. Going back to the heavy seas of Sunbury. Sunbury. That's good. Rip current. Mm-hmm. There we go. You didn't even have to look at that. I did. I, I looked and, at it before, so I, I would know. Think of the word for somebody who breaks rules. But anyway, that's scofflaw. Yes, yes, the scofflaw. 
that's that would be way beyond my vocabulary. That word that sounds good. I'll go with it. So you know things are bad when <laughs> right before the show, Patty asked me if um, what happened with the MLB investigation of this, and so we tried to do the the quick to the Google, and because there were multiple MLB investigations <laughs> on Yasiel Puig, it got a little bit confusing because the one back from back in 2015 where he had an altercation with his sister in a floor, I think it was a Florida nightclub, um, that did get dismissed officially by MLB. This one from 2018 is a really horrible, I'm not going to talk about the details, I think we gave some of them uh, on the show before, but it was a, an assault in the bathroom of a Lakers game of a woman who, who he met there, and he claimed it was consensual. If you click for details, I just don't understand that defense, but surprise, surprise, it's not going to trial. So this woman wanted to stay anonymous, which is what seems to have impeded an MLB investigation. So it sounds like the MLB investigation didn't go anywhere because she didn't want to identify herself. Can't imagine why. I mean, if, you know, you don't want to be in the spotlight for something like this. There were also no criminal charges, but there was a civil suit. So he paid it off. And he basically said that he didn't want it to detract from his season next season because he wants to come back to MLB. So having this suit hanging over him would have been too much of a distraction. So he just paid her off for an undisclosed sum, undisclosed sum of money. And this happened a couple weeks ago, you know, slipped by all of us. And that's how these things happen. And that's how these guys are getting away with it. And it sort of pisses me off. Um, he almost went back to play last year in 2020 with Atlanta. There was, there was like all but done. And he had to take a COVID test, which he failed. So he failed that test. That acts that deal. So this past season, instead of trying in MLB, he went down to Mexico with El Aguila de Veracruz. And it still confuses me why that's singular and not Los Aguilas, like the one in Dominican Republic. Go figure. But he did really well. He got the award for the best defender of the year. He batted 312 in the season, 350 in the postseason. His team didn't make it to the to the Serie del Rey, to the um, championship game, but he did really well. So after this like banner year in Mexico, he drops his agent, who is Rachel Luba. And this that cracks me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He dropped Rachel Luba. Right. So Rachel Luba is also Trevor, I'm going to say it, Trevor Bauer's agent. So her name has been just a little bit tarnished. And, you know, for a while she was riding high both on Yasiel Puig and Trevor Bauer and quite a pair there. But that she's hurting, like he's apparently afraid of her hurting his tarnishing image. his right. reputation like, that's the word and not the wow right. and when yasiel puig sees mm-hmm. you as like a disadvantage yeah he, of course he didn't say that he said all sorts of lovely things about her but sure. that he had to move on for wanting to play next year he's he's just kind of a piece of work i did see an interview with him in spanish in which he did the whole third person thing so he talked about himself in the third person. So he said, uh, oh, when they, they asked him about his, um, his on-field behavior, the fights that he's been involved sure. with. And he sort of explained them all away. Well, there was the one with the Dodgers, but that was against the Giants. And there, there's this thing going. And then there was the one when I was with Cincinnati, but it was against the Pirates. And, of course, there's this thing going there. And so then he said, like, other people do this, but they're not as big as Yasiel Puig. And when Yasiel Puig does it, it's a bigger show. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember listening to interviews with Bob Dole? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
And this is, I mean, for you old people out there who are old like us, this is how Bob Dole used to talk, Mm. always in the third person and using the full name. That's, wow, that's a real thing. Charming, charming. So stay tuned to see where Yasiel Puig is playing this season, and I'm guessing it's going to be in Veracruz. Yeah. So it used to be that if you got, if you like did your time, no matter what it was for, MLB would take you back with open arms. There's less of that now. Good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, I'm curious to see people. Okay. Well, no, that there was no civil, there was no like criminal suit. So it's fine. Right. I don't know that that's the case anymore. I hope so. Um, So speaking of undisclosed amounts of money. (laughs) Um, let's go to the Guardians, because we don't have to say the Cleveland Guardians sort of as a replacement for the other name. They are officially the Cleveland Guardians now. Hooray, this Cleveland girl couldn't be happier that it's officially Guardians time now, the beginning of the Guardians Ooh-hoo. era. So, we talked before about the lawsuit brought by the other Cleveland Guardians, the Roller Derby team, which was um, settled earlier last week on Tuesday, I think. They came to what was called an amicable resolution. Um, nothing in print says how many zeros were involved after a dollar sign. I imagine that the um, the other Cleveland Guardians will not be hurting for money for a while, but there's nothing public about that. Everything is kind of under wraps as to what happened there. Um, both teams will continue to use the name. I mean, it works for the Giants, right? Nobody confuses Giants. Right. So, um, I mean, it's okay. Um, so the merchandise was supposed, the new Guardians merchandise was supposed to launch on past Monday and then signs went up everywhere saying no we're we're delaying this you can't get this today we can't tell you why and I think it's because they didn't they didn't really settle until Tuesday and they technically could have probably sold stuff but it's a bad look and you want to make sure it's a done deal so they didn't actually start selling anything until Friday which still gives you plenty of time to do your Christmas shopping (laughs) I do like my t-shirts in an extra large and I do like the, the dad style cap I'm just saying if anyone out there is looking at Guardians merchandise you know for this direction um but anyway so you Currently, you can now buy things online and at the ballpark, and they're giving a head start to the online and the ballpark shopping. And then on the 23rd, anybody who, you know, any brick and mortar stores can start selling. So plenty of time, plenty of time. I'm just saying the Washington Post called it a million dollars in fresh spending, like people buying things that they wouldn't normally buy. Like, if it's the end of November, would you normally buy a new baseball cap, just in general? Maybe not, but now that your team has a new name. So they were listing, mm. like, the three times you get a bump in merchandise sales are when your team gets a new star, and everybody wants things with that new star's name on it. Let's say Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers, for instance, right? Um, it happens when... Um, when this 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 is a, when you well, when you win a championship, yeah. for instance, so right now Atlanta stuff is flying off the shelves, which ordinarily, yeah, maybe you get somebody a thing, but everybody's buying their World Series gear, or if there's rebranding, new name, <clears throat> new moving to a new city, um, new colors, new logos, whatever. So that that's so there, and this million dollars in fresh spending isn't just for the Guardians though, but because of revenue sharing, it does get divided up among all the clubs. So this. So when a zillion people buy Mookie Betts jerseys, it's not just the Dodgers that get that income. It does get spread out among all of the teams. Um, There was an interesting line in one of the stories. It was kind of a throwaway line that said, merchandise sold with the team's former name and logo will continue to be sold with the profits going to support youth-focused organizations and causes. And I'm like, I need to know more about this. And then I learned more about this separately in a different article, which didn't say that part. It didn't say, like, you know, donations going... 
there, there's two things happening. One is there's existing inventory. Now, remember, they don't officially produce Wahoo um, stuff anymore, so it could still be just like the Block C. It could still just say Indians okay. on it, but whatever, still. But they've got all this back inventory. So I think they're selling that off. But if they're, if they're going to sell it off as opposed to landfilling it, and they're going to use the profits to support, quote, youth-focused organizations and causes, it's marginally better. Marginally better than just selling it. Marginally better. Mm. Um, but also... There's this fun fact that I think we have mentioned a long time ago about, you know, keeping these names alive is if the Cleveland team, I can say Guardians, if the Guardians don't keep their trademark of the Indians, someone else can get it and do whatever the hell they want with it. So they do need to do, they need to use it at least a tiny little bit going forward in order to maintain legal control of that name. Really? Do you know how much that is? Because that's fascinating. Because you don't want, it's like, you don't want it to fall into bad hands. That's who are it. Gonna I mean, like, so, it. So the right but, answer is, yeah, you got to keep it. But how much do you have to do? So I think if they do it for, you know, for charity things, I don't know. It, it, they were, it was throwaway stuff, like a little aside about this and aside about that and different things that I read. Nobody gave me a good analysis of the whole thing. I find it fascinating. Yeah, we need to find a good uh, copyright lawyer out there to there go. give us the, the down on that. There because- you go. But um, the logo that I like is the one that has like the wings on it in case anybody's the baseball with the wings. Yeah, just. All know. right. Filed away. You know, Christmas is coming. Christmas Patty's is coming. right here. Right. I can give you mailing instructions. Just uh, contact us. <laughs> we'll let you know in just a minute. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about the future of baseball. Third annual, well, sort of annual, Girls Breakthrough Series just ended. It started in 2018, but last year was off because of COVID. So it is the third, even though... 2018 was four years ago. It took me a while with the math on that. It was last week, and as always, at the Texas Rangers Youth Academy, and a boatload of really impressive folks showed up for the coaching. And there's, uh, we'll do a link, there's some cute interviews with the participants online about how exciting it was to be in the Youth Academy and to be working with these coaches, notably some women coaches, which is like what makes it like even a level above. So Bianca Smith, who we talked about getting a coaching job with the Red Sox minors this year, she was there. Veronica Alvarez has been there for everyone, and she is not only a minor coach with the A's, but also manages the women's team for USA Baseball and played for the women's team for USA Baseball. So this was 32 girls, ages 14 to 17, and it was sponsored by MLB and USA Baseball. So yay that this is happening, that it continues to happen, and it seems to be getting bigger and better every time. So I'm looking forward to it. And one of the interviews, actually, that really got me was the girls talking about how college seems like an option now. Because that was the point that we've talked about in the past, that where girls kind of have to go to softball because there are the scholarships and there are the opportunities to actually play in college. But thanks to all the work that Justine Siegel and Baseball for All is doing, girls are seeing being able to play, even if it's a college club, but to continue baseball in college. So power to them. More of that, please. Also, more of this. Major League Baseball finally put out their their official memo about paying for housing for minor league players. Hallelujah. This was rumored a couple of weeks ago, but there were not details. So I, you know, I was one of the folks who didn't believe it until they actually had, okay, here's the framework. Yeah. Here's how it's going to work. So on Thursday, they announced that the, that the teams, 
the 30 major league teams would provide housing for their minor league players for all of them except for two categories um players that have major league contracts okay that makes sense or they make six-figure minor league contracts how many of those are there well this covers 90%. So between, you know, the MLB contracts or the six-figure minor league, that's 10% of all minor league players. So what I'm excited to hear about here is you're talking about all levels of the minors, like even the rookie A? Yes. Wow. This is huge. This is absolutely huge. So here are the rules for the kinds of housing. Um, It has to be furnished. It has to be a reasonable commute to the ballpark. Um, I hate they had to say that, but they had to say that. Um, Everybody gets their own bed. I mean, you've seen the the like the posts about people sleeping yeah. on the floor or on sofas or on like the kitchen or whatever. Everybody gets their own bed. No more than two players to a room. Um, the team pays for utilities, your basic utilities, nothing fancy, but you know, like your electricity, your water, your Wi-Fi, whatever. Um, these could be apartments or rental houses, or even host families if the family members all pass background checks. They could even be hotels, but they all have to have a bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, and shared living space. So they're really pretty good about laying out most of the things that are involved here. Um, They also pay for for housing during spring training, which, you know, is in a different city than the Mm -hmm. home ballpark. So that could be a dorm situation, like with the dining hall, because that's just for a couple of weeks or whatever. The the really cool part is the, the main thing this does is players don't have to sign leases or utility contracts anymore because that was the big problem like if you get called up you signed a lease for you know six months or whatever somewhere else you're still paying for that it gets complicated and super expensive and nobody can afford that the teams are now responsible for signing the lease as a team so you get bumped up you get into somebody else's spot paid for by you know your new team and the guy that comes up to replace you is Going right into your spot, the existing lease paid for by the league, signed by the league. Um, Players can opt out if they choose not to do this for whatever reason. Um, One of the reasons is um, if if they are married, this is where it gets fuzzy. Hmm. There's a clause that that says clubs may establish their own policies for guests, and guests includes spouses and children. Those would be your guests. And also your pet policy. So spouses, <laughs> children, and pets are kind of in the same sentence in the memo right. about how to, you know, how this providing housing works. So I, I can't wait to see people who test this out with families. Like, you know, what 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 happens here? Um, but this is so huge. This is massive. And, I'm so excited. Yeah, and all the articles I read gave lots of credit to advocates for minor leagues yep. and more than baseball and, and all the, the organizations that we've been talking about that have really um, made this very public and given a voice to the minor league players, given them a way to share what they've been going through. So there's some pressure on the teams, and it worked. Yeah. It worked, my I friends. Mean, seeing those pictures online, I think people were just horrified. So And next stop, better pay. Yes. Check this box. Move on. There is more work to do. Yep. All right, I'm going to do a little bit of an international rundown. And on the theme of women playing baseball, second, second Women's European Baseball Championship is scheduled for Mont... I can't pronounce French, but Montpelier is what it looks like to me. How's your French? It, well, if you were in Vermont, it would be Montpelier. That's, so that's, there you go. I'm a New England person, so that's that's where I am. Anyway, this one's in France in August, 3rd to 6th, so keep your eyes open. And if you were in Cleveland, open. you say France. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, I, and just notable that we don't have an American or a North American no. or like any sort of America's baseball women's championship yet. So we've got to get it together. Although in Puerto Rico, they do have their act together. And just this morning was the uh, second semifinal game, the Poet Poetas de Juana Diaz against the Artesanas. And um, the Artesanas won. And they go on to play the Lobas de Arasibo, who had beaten the Maceteras de Vega previously. So now we have the actual championship. It's going to be Las Lobas, which are the wolves, against the artesanas, which are like the artisans. So if this today's playoff was pretty interesting between the artisans and the poets. <laughs> now we've got the artisans and the wolves, and we will see what happens to them on November So using, using their words didn't do it. They had to use uh, yeah. the, the crafting tools yeah. of the artisan. Okay. Which apparently is, in this case, a bat yep. and a ball. Yep. So also in the Caribbean, baseball happening in Dominican Republic. Lead on last week, I was super excited because Fran Mil Reyes was going to be going to my team, the Leones de los Cogidos. Yeah. He was supposed to be showing up this year. This was... It seemed like it was a done deal. There's even an interview with Terry Francona from the Cleveland team saying that it's worth it for him to do it and catch this part to to be able to play with Albert Pujols, to be able to play on the same team as him and sort of just soak up that experience and that knowledge. But he's in arbitration this year and Cleveland said, nah, uh -uh." wow. so he's not. He's not going, so I was kind of sad. Uh, I don't get a Franimal. Fran- Franchi Cordero is doing well, so I'm happy to see that because he did not have a good year with Boston this year and spent most of the time in pro- AAA, so I'm hoping that this pumps him up and maybe he can make the Red Sox next year. I don't know. But there's been a new addition that I'm kind of like, how oh, great, and that's Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Who's a Yankee? whose season ended in May because of wrist surgery, but he's still got four more years with the Evil Empire, and he hasn't been healthy for a while. 2018 was his last good year. So they're sending him down to the DR. This is what happens sometimes to see if he can get, like, put back into shape and be ready for next year. But I've got to just cheer on for Aaron Hicks. Very excited about that. Almost exci- as excited as Ivan Nova, who I remember when his he had his best years, really, with the Yankees in um, early 2000s, th- 2010 to 15, not like early 2000s, the next decade, the beginning of that. Anyway, he, um, he did really well yesterday. He pitched five strong innings. They got the win. He only let up one run. So here I am with a couple Yankees on my team, but cheering for them. Also, hey, Padres fans, Steven Wilson is an amazing closer, and he was great with the Leonis last year, also this year. He's still in the Padres minor system, so hoping something comes up with him. And for those of you keeping score, the Leones are not doing that great. They're the second from the bottom, but there's only a three-and-a-half game spread right now from the Leones, uh, the Estrellas Orientales, and the very bottom, and I didn't write down who that was, so I don't know. I have hope for the Leones. Meanwhile, more excitement yeah. and more familiar names happening in the Liga Venezuela de Baseball Profesional, and our friend Pablo Sandoval. The panda. Is, the panda is belting it away, playing with the first place, Navegantes de Magallanes, and... Um, I think it has to do with Pablo being there. He's also very mushy about it because he started there. And he said that they were the first team that gave him the opportunity to be a professional. And so now he's sort of giving back. Oh, lovely. And they're on top. And I think that has a lot to do with Panda. So I'm happy to see him doing well, even though I know Red Sox fans have very mixed uh, opinions about him. But, you know, 
he he got the ring with Atlanta, which is impressive, and he had plenty of good years in the Giants. So I, I say pro panda. Uh, and we've got we've got an animal theme going on here in Venezuela because then we have Tortuga, who oh. who was on the wrong. I don't know. He threw some punches this week, Tortuga. What? what? He put his little his little turtle face in somewhere where I really don't think it belonged. And this was this past Friday. Oh, no. There was a, a competition between the Caribes de Anzuategui, and I'm so glad I got to say that. I love that name. Against the Cardinales de Lara, who's my favorite team. So the Caribes and the Cardinales have some history. They have been matched up against each other for the championship for the past four years, and they've split it. It was like bookends. I think it was... Caribes for the two on the end and Cardinales for the middle. I'm not sure. But somebody won. So there's there's rivalry. There's rivalry involved here. Last week, before this whole thing um, broke out, Luis Madero, who's a new pitcher for the Cardinales, debuted, debuted with them this year. He got the last, I don't know, he got the last out of the game and it was a win. And here's maybe my Spanish word of the week because I just learned it and I was going back and forth with my friend Santiago about this, what it really means. But a perreo, apparently the, what, the, what it really means is a dance move in reggaeton. And it's like a grinding move. It is not pleasant. It's what the guy does behind the woman <laughs> during, during a reggaeton. I'm getting a picture. You get a picture. I'm getting a picture. Anyway, it's, I do not approve of this dance move. It should not be in our, in our proms or our homecoming dances, even though it, so, it is a little bit so too much. So says the public school professional. Yes, we have to break up. Now I know what it's called, a perreo. So, so how would you say to break that up? I you tap on the dude's shoulder and say, back it up, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I would, so I there's would, not a Spanish phrase for, you know, yeah. uh, you take your proteo elsewhere? I, I <laughs> could probably think of something, yeah, but okay. not, not on the spot right now. All right. So <laughs> that's what people understand the word to mean. So the article that I was reading, which was in the Venezuelan press, said that Madero did this after getting the last out. So I didn't see any video, so I don't know exactly what he did. So I was thinking that in the baseball context, that maybe a perreo is just like a, a celebration that's gone too far that offends the other side. Because the article said that it offended the Caribes because he did whatever move this was. Maybe his hips were involved. I don't know. I need to see that. So we need to, we need to back that up. But, but the, when you see it, you won't be able to unsee it. And that might be a problem. <laughs> that might be a problem. Uh, the, but the next week, I did see the video for the next one, though. So the next week, he, uh, he hit one of the Caribes. And this is the... I, I actually saw this video before I heard the story about the perreo. So when I saw it, I thought he might not have meant that. It didn't look like it was definitely an intentional hit. It was definitely a plonk. It was right in the arm. It was hard. And the batter got pissed off and started saying things to Madero right away. But here's where Tortuga comes in. Tortuga comes out of nowhere. He was not the batter. Maybe he was in the on-deck circle. And he sucker punches the pitcher. No way. Yeah. Poof. So now there's talk Poof. about... Um, it was probably worse than that. Poof. There's definitely talk about... Um, historic uh, suspension because he just came out and punched him. Wow. So here's where we go back to what we were talking about in the beginning. This is oh. right after Estudio found out that he was DFA'd. So oh. is he getting out his aggression on, say, this target pitcher from the rival team who has done a couple of wrongs clearly against his side and he just took it upon himself to go out there with his little turtle. A little aggressive turtle punch? Yep. Turtle punch. Turtle punch. So And, wow. and then this is not over. 
because the the pitcher Madero has since posted on Instagram that the Caribes have no respect for anybody. And so we'll see what happens the next time that they get they get matched up. But uh on, on the bright side of my Cardinales de Lara, Ildemargo Vargas, who was my pick, I think, last year for the for the Diamondbacks, got four RBI. Nice. And so this is actually my my on-purpose Spanish word of the week is remolcadas. Remolcadas Remolcadas. Is... Wait, no, I can't do it. Remolcadas. No, no, I put the L in the wrong place. Remolcadas. Remolcadas. Yep, that's oh, it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So that's what an RBI is. So he had cuatro remolcadas last night and it helped the Cardinales go to victory. Cardinales are now in third place, three and a half back. Caribes are much lower. They're second to last, seven back. But there is a long way to go for the Liga Venezuela, Venezuelana. Wait, no, Liga de Venezuela. That's it. Professional de baseball. Um, across the world, just really quick. Taiwan series. Yay. Yeah. The Lions made it. Oh, congratulations. So I looked it up on, on CBBL TV website, and it says Lion Elephant Battles 2021, which is the Lions Against the Brothers. It's starting on the 27th, November 27th, 28th, 30th, and December 1st are the four for sure. You can get them at 4.05 a.m. EST, Eastern Standard Time. So I am... I'm bearing up to figure out how I'm going to see the lions and the elephants. I think there are a couple mornings that I'm going to, I'm just going to have to pull it off. I believe in you. I'm going to have to pull it off. The problem is the last one, the the first of December is definitely work like that would be, that'd be rough, but we'll see what happens. And then December 2nd, 4th and 5th, if it gets prolonged, but yay, I'm going to drink to the lions. All right. Well, also December 1st is um, we got some deadlines for mm. the CPBA. The, like, yes, the CPBA. The, um, yeah, wow. I'm, Another C. I'm, I'm sent a, the CBA, the Co- Collective Bargaining Agreement. See, now with the CBBL, I threw in too many letters with CBA. <laughs> it is the <laughs> CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Yes. Okay. Okay. That Remember, agreement must be made by the end of the day, 11.59 p.m. on December 1st for... Um, for the season to continue apace without dangers of things like lockouts. So the owners' meeting was this past week. Um, the report out from Rob Manfred was everyone's committed to reaching an agreement. Um, everyone is, uh, the negotiations are, are continuing apace. Nobody believes it's going to actually happen. He didn't say that out loud, that, you know, that uh, uh. that they're going to come to an agreement. Um, and he said, you know, they didn't, the owners didn't vote on a lockout because they're not there yet, but he did say why it's preferable for the owners because then you get ahead of a strike if you do a lockout in the off season ideally that forces you to come to a deal before the season starts when the players can strike and stop play so the owners are 100 percent gonna lock them out if they don't if they don't get this but they're gonna do it in the off season ownership move well you know it's it's that's you know capitalism that's that's how it works um they, they want to avoid doing damage to the season of course. Uh, anyway, so a couple of new things. The owners proposed lowering the luxury tax limit, like how you know how much salary they can you know have for a team on a year, like an annual salary, and increasing the penalty to like depress salaries. That doesn't go over well with the players who who are counterproposing with raise the salary floor. You have to spend at least this much money. Um, there's some interest in like the pitch clock and a pitch timer because that was pretty successful in pace of play mm-hmm. and not really harming anything. Interesting. When they were testing it in the minor leagues. Um, 
They floated a tackier baseball possibility um, for the new season. They have a couple of options, where, whether it's either a change in the baseball or in you know the stuff they put on the baseball. Remember how oh. we were talking about it? No, not like that kind of not tack- like I bad colors like and or yeah, bad wigs and stuff. Right. Yeah, no, not nothing like that. Nothing okay. like this. It's not a theme party, but um, <laughs> but but like not spider tech level. It's but like as we've talked about before, like a league approved substance that would allow pitchers to have a grip on the baseball and not be dangerous about the whole thing um and just so you know if, if you remember our um our word um tampriol for the um oh. the proposal to have the raise split time between tampa and montreal they talked about it no decision on tampriol not a fan no. i'm not a fan yeah yeah um interesting uh covid news the you may know the country of canada our neighbors to the north they have um, said that as of January 15th, 2022, no unvaccinated amateur or pro, or pro athlete is allowed to cross into Canada. Wow. So those players that fell into that category were on an exemption, like what called the, they were previously exempted under a national interest exemption. Yeah, the whole team can come because it's in our best interest to have teams to play our teams, blah, blah, blah. And they said, they, Canada as a person, <laughs> said, you know what? It's pretty damn easy to get a vaccination now. You have no excuses. So they're saying is it's so, that vaccines are mm-hmm. so prevalent that there's, there's no downside. There's no hardship in you getting one. So get one or don't come. Interestingly, the National Hockey League, independently as a league, already barred unvaccinated players um, in, on NHL teams for coming across to play in any of the seven NHL cities in Canada. That's been going on since September. They listed like 95% of NBA players and, you know, very high percentage of NHL players already vaccinated. And MLB players still come in at only 23 out of 30 teams at the 85% vaccine threshold. What the hell, people? It's crazy. Get a freaking shot in your arm. It's crazy. I don't know. There's a lot of bad information out there. It, it's not really information. Bad stuff. Bad, yeah. stupid things yeah. that people are falling for. Hey, you know, what, can we think of a nice thing? I, I can tell you a yeah. nice thing. We nice bo- things. We both have college students that we really like coming to visit us this week for Thanksgiving. Yes. Kids, kids, friends. Yeah. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Having young people home, uh, if, just family together time for Thanksgiving is really nice. Not to mention that not having to work a few days is such a good thing. Also good. <laughs> such a good thing. Also good. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yay. But and- it's a great opportunity for people to catch up on podcasts when you're driving to grandma's for Thanksgiving dinner. For sure. Especially if you're on a road trip, you can download some back episodes if you're new to our show and catch up on those. And when you're having Thanksgiving dinner and people say, so what have you been doing? You can say, I've been listening to No Crying in Baseball podcast. You should too. Here's where you get it. We'd be really happy if you did that. Yeah, please spread the good news and hang out with us on, with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Please get your vaccine booster if you're at all able. Protect grandma and grandpa when you go see them for Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful holiday. Hope you have friends and family to spend it with. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. So I fucked that up.